Good morning. And happy Advent again. Happy second Sunday of Advent. Two candles lit. The Christ candle will be. The Savior is coming. God has not abandoned his people. He has come. He will come again. And that's why we're gathered here. Because Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. That's the good news of Christianity. That's why I'm here and I hope that's why you're here and that's why the Holy Spirit is gathering us today to worship our Savior who has come and who will come again. Well, this morning's worship will be a series of lessons, that is readings from God's Word and carols to tell the story, invite us into the story, and prepare our hearts for the coming of our Savior. So I invite you to stand and turn to hymn number 338 and we sing verse 1. Worship the true God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. And thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. news this Advent season is forgiveness of sin and new life. Let us commit our lives to Christ's way of hope and peace. Thanks be to our Advent God, who comes among us, setting us free to love and serve. You may be seated. The first reading is from Genesis 3, verses 1 through 15, or on page 2 of your pew Bible. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? 
And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of all, eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel.
from Jeremiah 23, verses 5 through 8, or page 650 in your pew Bible. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country, and out of all the countries where he had driven them, then they shall dwell in their own land. Next reading is from Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 10, or page 575 in your pew Bibles. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, 
the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious.
next reading is from Isaiah 9, verses 1 through 6, or your pew Bible, page 573. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he, would, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, and they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
verses 1 through 18, or your pew Bible, page 857. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, 
wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way.
Gospel of John begins this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood or nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Fast forward from a baby born and lying in a manger to Jesus sending out his disciples. And you'll see from the beginning of Matthew in chapter 2 and the end of Matthew in 28, people worship Jesus. Claims to divinity shown throughout the Gospels are this. Jesus does the things only God can do. He forgives sins and receives worship. These powerful people from far away come and worship him. And here you see his disciples worship him, and then he sends them out. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now we confess our faith to each other and to the Lord as we speak the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Just a moment, we'll gather the offering. Before that, I have a few announcements. First of all, hopefully there's still some floating around. Uh, Scott had made Advent devotions for each day. There's a brief reading and then a question and a prayer, and hopefully you've been following along with those. There's, there's some floating around in the back. Yeah, I, I'd give them out, but I didn't grab any this morning. Hopefully you got some last week. If you haven't, pick one up and uh, use it. Very, very helpful and easy to do. Uh, at dinner or sometime with by yourself or with loved ones. Today, between services at 945, we have our end of the year congregational meeting, voters meeting to approve next year's budget. So stick around and uh, Lord willing, shouldn't take too long. I'll give a brief ministry update on the past year and then we'll uh, vote to approve next year's budget. So come and be a part of decision making for your church. Also on Wednesdays, we continue together at 5.30 for Soup Supper and then 6.30 for worship, so come and join us. And let's see, I know there's one other thing I had marked. Oh yeah, Christmas worship times are the same as last year, that is 4.30 and 11. So they're, I printed the bullet on the back, take those with you and remind yourselves. Other announcements? Steve, Scott, yes, no? Thank you, uh, choir and musicians, for uh, work today and, and blessing us. Thank you very much. And thank you, decorators. I know many of you spent many, much time putting a tree and ornaments and flowers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it takes a lot of work, so uh, I know you know who you are. I know who some of you are. Maybe not all of you, but, but thank you for, for serving in, in quiet ways like that. We'll continue now by gathering the offering.
Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for all your good gifts you give to us. We return these to you. May you receive them and translate what's on this altar here today into more people knowing the joy and the love and the peace that we have in you, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. We continue by singing hymn number 933, My Soul Rejoices. going through our uh, Advent and Christmas series, the characters of Christmas. We looked at a few different people, and today we get to Mary. So we just sang Mary's song, and now here, Angel Gabriel appears to her with news. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. 
And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That is a verse that I probably can't say enough and pray enough that it would be my prayer. It is a verse that stops me in my tracks every time I read this story. And I hope it does the same for you. To see Mary's simple yet deep trust. And I wonder, what if you and I could pray that too? What would that look like for you and for me if that became your prayer? Not only it became your prayer, but we actually meant it. What if you and I had such trust in God that whatever God might ask you or me to do, we would simply reply, Behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary, of all people, of all women on earth, Mary was asked to mother the Savior. She was asked to carry the Savior in her womb as he develops, to give birth, to love, to serve day in, day out, to raise into adulthood, and then to see die. Sounds like a big task. And when angel Gabriel appears to her, Gabriel who we looked at last Wednesday, appears to her and tells her, Mary certainly does not know everything that this will entail. Mary does not know that people will want to kill him and will kill him. Mary does not know that they will want to kill him very soon and she will have to flee in the night with her husband and baby to save his life. And Mary doesn't know that her son will then return the favor by dying in darkness to save hers. Mary doesn't know that he will be persecuted and arrested and beaten and whipped and then brutally crucified because he is the Savior who loves her and has come to save her and everyone else. Mary doesn't know all that yet, and Mary doesn't need to. She simply trusts God. Behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. The childlike faith that Jesus will speak of in his ministry, Mary already has. And you start to wonder and say, man, how on earth could someone say yes so calmly and in a sense so quickly? How could Mary do that? Now, to be fair, if you follow through the story, Mary certainly asks Gabriel a bit and wrestling, wondering, like, hey, this doesn't make sense. There's a, there's a lot of questions here. And she starts with things like, uh, me, ha have a child, how, how can this be, uh, I'm a virgin, what's, wait, what's going on here? And then Gabriel says, this is of God, your child is from the Holy Spirit, and, and he will be the one, the Messiah to save Israel, the one we've been waiting for and hoped for, the promised one. And Mary could have protested, right? Plenty of people in the Bible, when asked to do something by God, protest quickly and, and say, no thanks. Mary could have said, Gabriel, do you know how young I am? I'm not old enough to do this. Or do you know how complicated this will make things with Joseph? I'm not sure he's going to believe me. Do you know how, how 
this might bring shame to me, to Joseph, to my family, because they'll assume things since we're not fully married yet. Or she could have been thinking on a selfish line, right? What's in it for me? Will I be famous? Will this be good for my Instagram numbers? Of course, Mary doesn't say any of these things. She trusts God and simply says that beautiful prayer. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary trusts God. By the way, here's a, a brief synopsis of how marriage and legality happen in Mary's day. There were three parts to it. The first was signing of the deed, and the second was the paying of the bride price for the, the groom to the bride's father. Uh, that was the first two, and that happened right away, and then the third thing happened a year later, full 12 months. So writing or signing of the deed first, and paying of the bride price, and by the way, on that, that is not an um, anti-women or a denigrating of women thing. They're not paying for property. What's happening is when you marry somebody else, you're joining that family, and you're leaving your family, and you're a worker that contributes to the economy of your family. So your family's losing a worker, so the bride price is compensation for losing a worker. So that all happens up front, and then there's 12 months where you still live with your family, but yet you're legally married, and then after the 12 months, you uh, go to be with your new husband, live together, sleep together, bodily join. And so they're in this 12-month waiting period where you're actually legally married, but you're not joined in body yet. So it's kind of this engagement plus, you might say. And even then, you could only be separated by death or divorce, but that's kind of this space that Mary and Joseph are in, and you can see why it's really complicated for them. But yet... Despite all that, Mary says, Behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary submits to God. And when you trust God, that, that's what you do. You submit to God. Mary said, Okay, God, if this is what you want from me, I'll do it. Now, she might be thinking, God, I have a lot of questions, but I trust you. So I don't need all the answers right now because I trust you. Now, there's another story in the Bible that I always think of when I think of this, and that is way back in Genesis where Jacob wrestles with God. And it's this really strange, interesting story where Jacob wrestles with God all night, and many of us have felt as if we'd have seasons of faith like that. And I think it's certainly, there is a time to, like Jacob, wrestle with God. There's a time to be Jacob, but then there's also a time for Mary. There's a time to say, God, I've got a whole lot of questions. I've got a whole lot of worries. There's a whole lot of things I'd like to know, but God, I trust you. I trust you. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then you might be sitting there wondering, well, how on earth is Mary able to do this? Is she, you know, superhuman, stronger faith than all of us? Is she, you know, how is she able to say yes? How is Mary able to trust God in an incredibly hard and confusing time because, of course, in Mary saying yes, she is sacrificing all sorts of things. In Mary saying, God, I trust you, she has to give up all sorts of things. Mary has to give up some respect. Mary has to give up her youth. Mary has to give up some security, fleeing for her life and her baby's life and not that long. Mary has to give up having all the answers. Mary has to sacrifice a lot of things because that's what it means to simply 
trust God. So how is Mary able to do this? Quite simply, Mary knows who God is. Mary knows God. Why would you trust your parent? Because you know them and they love you. It's quite simply that. Mary knows that God is trustworthy. She knows God to be good. She knows that God is love. She knows that God has saved his people from Egypt. And God has promised to send a Messiah. And God will be faithful. Mary knows God. She knows that God has promised to never leave her, never forsake her. Mary knows God's steadfast love. And because of that, God is trustworthy. And for her, that's enough. And Mary was willing to sacrifice a lot to be used by God to give birth to the Savior. Why? Simply because she knew God. She knew that God was trustworthy, and she knew that trusting and obeying our trustworthy God is far better than doing anything else. What about you? What about me? Are you willing to trust God even when it doesn't make sense? Are you willing to trust God even when it costs you something? And would you be willing to give up things so that God's will might be done in your life or in our church? And what? What would you be willing to give up so that God's will might be done if God was asking you to do something? What would you be willing to sacrifice so that God's kingdom might come among us? What would you be willing to give up if it meant people that you know and love in your life coming to know and to follow Jesus? Would you give up your comfort? Would you give up your own security? Would you give up your own respect and honor? What would it take for you to be able to pray, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Friends in Christ, your God is trustworthy. You can trust him. Even when you're asked to do hard things, God is good and trustworthy He's already died and rose for you and promised to always be with you. So we can pray, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Amen. Will you stand and join in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we know you, that you are good, that you created all things good at the beginning of time, and when we, through Adam and Eve, wrecked it, you promised to restore it. That's how good you are. And as your story of restoration unfolds through the scriptures and your people continually walk away, you continually come after them and rescue them. And so we thank you that you have rescued us all the way to the cross through the empty tomb and back. And so we ask you to give us trust because we know you and that you have made us yours. We ask that you would allow us to trust you as a church as we make the decisions in a voters meeting today. Bless that. And allow us to trust you in our families and in our personal lives and whatever you lead us and call us to do 
So we simply might say, behold, we are your servants. Let it be to us according to your word. We ask you to come and bring comfort to the family of David Sievert, who passed away this past week. We ask you to bring healing to all those in need, Armanda, Louise, Art, Bob, Steve, Anna, Grace, Angela, Glenn, Harold, Carol, Betty, Chris, Mark, Brenda, Clark, Scott, John, Al, Ruth, Virgil, Jordan, Marianne, Keith, Tammy, Chris, Eileen, and others we know. Come near to them and bring them healing and also bring them your presence and your peace. We ask you to bless us this day, this week, as we prepare for your coming, that you would continually draw us close to you, that we would be your disciples and follow you. We ask all this in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father. Bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.